0: Show. With a for loyal. We
1: it's fans. Christmas time. And I want to begin this Christmas season on this podcast talking about having kids. And I know what you're thinking, Justin Gleason. Have you been away from us this long and you've already lost it? You want us to talk about kids? We want to hear about Santa. We want to hear about how it's not so much pagan to have a Christmas tree. That's what we want, that's what we demand. Well, if you open up your Bible to the New Testament, what does it begin with? Babies. Well, technically it begins with a guy who uh, has doubts about marrying his fiance, and the Lord has to appear to him in a dream through an angel and say, Fear not to take her to be your wife. Uh, come on, somebody. <laughs> Some of you are probably hoping for something like that this Christmas season. God, should I be afraid to marry her or marry him? Well, God can speak to you this Christmas season about those things. Uh, God talks to His people during Christmas season. I, I tell you what I you know God new, new disciples come to the Lord all year round, especially around uh Resurrection Sunday, around Pentecost Sunday. You really see a big harvest during those times for most churches, and of course you'll baptize people, people get the Holy Ghost uh, around Christmas time, but really Christmas is more focused towards the saints it's, uh you know, God, time for God to answer our prayers, uh, bringing comfort and joy to all those who believe and hope for the, uh, the, the coming of the kingdom of God. And so I believe it's a season of answering prayers. It's a season of seeing prophecy fulfilled. And you see those things happening with the two major babies that are in the Christmas story, John and Jesus. It's, it's what the Christmas story opens up with about, about two babies. And and you have two very unusual situations. No, no baby is born even to this day in the same situation as another. Everybody's different. You look at Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were very old and very barren, and had come together and had marital relations a lot, and a lot of prayers went up to have children, but they 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 were barren. The Lord shut up the womb of Elizabeth, but at the appointed time. God said, I want to open the womb and you want to have a son. Uh, Zacharias opened his mouth and doubt came out and offended the angel. And he uh, shut up Zacharias's mouth and said, you're not talking no more. Probably would have got himself in more trouble. So God just shut him up. I- I've never known God to do anything like this to anybody. Um, I've never known God to take away literally somebody's voice. Like the physical voice, I- I've seen God uh, silence uh, ministries that... Had severe doubt and severe fear. Maybe God slows them down a little bit. Maybe there's not as much success in production. But uh, to silence a voice, that is something. And I think just because of the magnitude of what was happening in prophecy and uh, seeing an angel face to face, having doubt, yeah, there's going to be some consequences for that. You know, you can offend angels. Angels are not robots. Angels are not AI. They they have feelings. They have emotions. And uh, something that they cannot stand is when we doubt the word of the Lord. You want to get on an angel's bad side, you want to offend him, uh, say, no, it can't happen. Because uh, they live to serve the word of the Lord. They want to see it fulfilled, especially a messenger angel like Gabriel. So, yeah, you had all that going on before the birth. And, you know, it might, might not have been that bad. I'm sure Elizabeth appreciated it because let me tell you what, and I can tell you this from experience. Uh, During pregnancy, the men has a tendency to say some stupid things. Uh, We do. And uh, I'll stop right there. Because I'm not going to tell on myself because I'm here to have a good time like always. That's just what Justin wants on uh, recording these podcasts is just have a good time. Yeah, Zacharias had to be silent for a while. So uh, an older couple uh, finally gets to have a baby and it's it's a beautiful child and has a strong prophetic destiny. And, and as soon as Zacharias uh, believed the word of the Lord with the birth of his son, after his circumcision, eight days later, uh, they wanted to name the, the baby after him or somebody else in the family, and he, he wrote down, no, it's John. And when he wrote that out, boom, he could speak. Uh, if you're having difficulty talking, writing a lot of times helps, both physically and spiritually. Write it out. Uh, I, I, t- I tell guys that ask me about preaching and podcasting and things like that. Uh, write it out. Write it out. I, I was for years mesmerized with Johnny James, the evangelist. Um, if you can get anywhere to hear him speak, I'm not sure how much he's traveling now, uh, get to it and listen. Search him on, uh, on the Internet. A marvelous evangelist, and you notice something. He doesn't bring notes to the pulpit. And that fascinated me. And he was preaching for us in Kansas City some time ago, and I was taking him back to the airport. And I said, Elder James, how do you preach without notes? Tell me. And he said, it's simple. You just write it all out and memorize it. <laughs> so I thought, Wow, simple as that. And, and it really is. Writing really helps you think. And it really helps you talk. And the more you write what God is saying to you, the more you write what you are feeling, the easier it is for you to become connected with it. There's just something about you and your writing, whether it's a pen and physical paper on your a smart device or something. It just, it just works that way. So yeah, you have a couple that's old uh, having children. Uh, they've been married a long time, copulated a lot, no babies, but then you have a couple, they're pregnant, and uh, they had not even had sex yet. <laughs> they, they, they weren't even married yet and pregnant. So uh, it, that sounds just like God to me. I mean, come on, think about it. In your own church right now, you have families that are in totally different situations. You, know, you have that, that couple that's been married for a long time, beautiful couple. They're involved. They serve the Lord. They do well, and they don't have a child. And then you have that couple that are sneaking around, uh, been fornicating for years, and all of a sudden, boom, bam, they get pregnant. So you have these different situations that happen in families. That's just the way God works for some reason. I don't
0: know how to explain all of that. But I know this, that the birth of these two sons were prophetic, and they
1: had an answer to prayer, and they were both connected to each other In bringing to pass the will of God and the kingdom of God. And thankfully, both of these boys uh, grew up in a loving, caring family. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to speak with you again. We have taken some time off. We have been on paternity leave. I am now the proud father of a beautiful third baby. Just a gorgeous baby boy. And it's been nice to take some time off and to give extra time uh, snuggling this cute little baby. Let me tell you what, he is cute and very snuggly. And helping out Sister G and my other two precious children. And during this time, we've written a lot of content. We're looking forward to bringing it to you this Christmas and New Year season. And also into the new year in 2022. It's upon us. Can you believe it? 2022. Is going to be here very, very soon. So I appreciate all of you that have reached out to me during this time, expressing uh, kind words and congratulating me on the birth of our third baby. And of course, all glory to God. And it's just been nice to hear from people how much they've missed this podcast. I, <laughs> I guess this podcast has become like personal property to some people. It's like they own it. Where is it? We want it on demand now, Fridays. Where are you, Gleason? <laughs> and I, I kind of like that. I, I love the relationship that we've developed between uh, myself and the loyal listeners. And so, so uh, we'll be bringing you some uh, content. But again, you know, for, for parents out there, you got a newborn baby, you just don't know. Uh, you don't get to plan your schedule. That baby plans your schedule. And I st- still right now don't understand how this little baby can get uh, so much sleep. But Sister G and I don't. <laughs> Uh, that's just one of those things, you know. But uh, So thank you for listening. Thanks for reaching out. We're good. We're back here. And uh, again, I always appreciate your support for this show. Uh, please subscribe, follow this podcast, uh, share it, tell somebody about it. And if you would also please consider giving us a little tip, a little monetary gift, a little offering. Oh, you can do so quickly and conveniently at Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for being generous to my family during this Christmas season. Uh, We appreciate it. It's that simple. Podcasting is the future. And with the help of your loyal listenership and support, I'm going to have a future in it. John had a biological father and mother that cared for him in the deserts and helped him develop himself to become the, the uh, way of preparation for the Messiah. Jesus had a biological mother. He had a heavenly father, but then he had a stepfather uh, who was a skilled carpenter and kept the family together. You know, and that was a really difficult time back then. I know when you, you, know, you grow up in Sunday school, you, you see all the kids' uh, stories. Oh, that's coffee's good. You know, I've tried to drink coffee with a lid on, and it's just not working out. I'm going to pop this lid off. I just, I can't, I I just can't do it. I I don't know about these lids. drinking through one of those uh, thermoses. It keeps it nice and hot, but man, is it difficult to get a good, delicious sip, right? Oh, man. You know, and and if sipping coffee bothers you, I really don't care. I'm from the old school. I listen to a lot of old radio. Uh, shows, archives. You know what? It wasn't uncommon to, to hear a radio host eating while he was talking and uh, doing the radio. And it's, it's Christmas time. Everybody's eating everything inside, everybody's drinking coffee and apple cider and all that stuff. So uh, it is what it is. And you know what? I, I don't think it's a problem because I listen to a lot of other apostolic podcasters, and guess what? They're all drinking coffee on their show. And I might add, none of them did it until I jumped on the scene and drank coffee. So that's just how it is. Uh, where was I? So, yeah, you have t- uh, two babies, uh, uh, prophetic of each other. And I've got babies on my mind because I've got a newborn baby in the house. As a matter of fact, I may have to press pause and, and <laughs> help comfort or take care of the baby. Do something, right? But, uh, you know, Jesus grew up with a natural mother, grew up with a, a stepfather. step uh, Stepparents, uh, don't think you're, uh, you're insignificant.
0: Joseph played a very important role in Jesus' life. He certainly did. Family is important. Parents, children, husbands, wives, aunts, uncles,
1: cousins, grandparents, all of that. Uh, God gave us family. Very, very important. And I love to see families interact with each other, love each other. I just believe in family. Really what's wrong with the world is, is uh, the lack of family values. You know, you, you talk to somebody that's uh, got a, a major deep mental struggles, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, can't function as a human being. Uh, it's, it's because they didn't have family. It's the greatest support system you, you're ever going to have because it comes from God. And we feel a connection, a deep soul connection to the people that we are are related to, are next of kin. And, and, and it's difficult for families right now to navigate in this world because the family is under siege. We are, the nuclear family. You look around, the enemies are all around us to destroy what we call family in rename it, repaint it, do it a, a total makeover. And there's just a lot of things we just don't do as Christians. Uh men, we seek to find a wife, and we court her, we date her, and we marry her, and we have children with her. And, and we live the rest of our life with her, and we never forget her. That's how it is. Uh, but so many want to change that. You see it now. A lot of serial monogamy. You know, you're not happy. You, you feel like you're married to the wrong person. Uh, get, get a paper, go to court, and, you know, bam, you're single again. You know, that's encouraged. Uh, you, you have feelings for a, a, a man for a man, a woman for a woman, all of that stuff, you know? And you're free to do it here in America. You're free to do it many places in the world, but it's just something we don't practice because we believe in what God has commanded us to do, and that is a man shall leave his mother and father, move out of their basement, and take him to himself, a wife. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's exactly what that means, but you know what I'm saying. It means to disconnect you you no longer, your parents are no longer uh, your main connection in your family. It's your wife. And there's nothing better in life than to marry the woman you love and to have children with her. I love hearing people, young married couples, old married couples even, and uh, people that aren't even married yet, express a desire to one day be a parent. I really do. I really do. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love you know when I 'm driving home through my neighborhood and I look and I see a mother with her little baby carriage pushing her baby around and, and, and having uh, the baby's older brother or sister walking with her. I love that. When I see families in operation, it gives me hope for this world. If the family can make it, if husbands and wives can stay together and have children, there is hope in this world. Uh, definitely yes for, for Pentecost and the Christian world, but even in the the atheist and the agnostic uh, community, any community for that matter. Family is the backbone of civilization. It's the backbone of civilization. And if we can keep it together, we have a future in this world, in this age, in this life, if we can keep families together. But there's just so much pressure uh, for, for people to not have kids. It's it comes around like every five, six, seven years. You know, these Hollywood women, they glorify motherhood. You know, they, they, they go to the sperm bank and they get pregnant and they have a baby and they glorify the, <laughs> the motherhood. And, the, and, you know, they name their kid uh, something like, uh, <laughs> like Scarf <laughs> or, or Purse or Calvin Klein or Gucci or Abercrombie. You know, not, not, not normal American names, you know, something unusual. Father's not in the picture and they glorify the motherhood. Be a strong woman. You know, we know who needs men. You know, they're useless. Every five, six, seven years you do that. You see that. But it's weird. But for the most part, people that don't want to have kids, they're worried about their bodies. Their bodies. I kid you not. About ten years ago or so, I I knew of a couple who had gotten engaged. And I went up to the guy and I said, man, congratulations. This is wonderful. You guys look great together. And you know what? You guys are going to have beautiful kids, and may all the kids look just like you, man. You know, just, I wasn't prophesying, but just speaking well wishes, speaking uh, kind things into existence, right? I like it when somebody does that to me. Um, I thought the guy would appreciate it, but he looked at me, and he was like, oh, no, we're not having kids, ever. We are going to adopt. And I just looked at him, and I was shocked. Caught me way off guard, surprised, shocked me, all of that. And my eyebrows went up. And he said, we're not going to have kids because I don't want uh, my wife's body to be ruined. One eyebrow dropped, only one remained. And I said, are you being serious? And he said, yeah. And I I couldn't believe it. And I just knew right there then in that moment there was nothing biologically wrong with her or him. They could very well uh, have children, very healthy, capable of doing so. And he just, it's, it's amazing to me whenever I just kind of keep my mouth shut and kind of speak with my eyes, how much people will just start talking and reveal everything that's on their mind and heart. He just went on and on about how kids ruin bodies and he, does, and he thinks that'll ruin the marriage, you know, if the body is ruined and he wants to adopt. Now, Adoption's a beautiful thing. I love seeing that. When couples that can't have kids and they adopt that is just so precious and raise that child as their own. It's a beautiful thing. That's family to me. I, I love seeing uh, couples that, had their own children, but uh, their hearts uh, were burdened and they had compassion for, for a child that needed a family and they adopted that child into their family. That's just beautiful. That's uh, how it is. You know, you're seeing this now, even uh, single women in the church are adopting children. It's beautiful. Even Single men are ado- adopting children. I love adoption. Well, spiritually, it, it, with Jesus, we're adopted. You know, we've been engrafted. The spirit of adoption is a beautiful thing, but I think I got a real problem with this um, type of thought that a child is just going to ruin the body. Uh, a couple of things about this. Number one, uh, if you feel like you don't have a good body before a child, you're probably just going to still have a, a bad body after the child. If you feel like you got a good body before the child, you're probably going to have a good body after the child. A baby doesn't ruin you. It does. <laughs> Getting older ruins you. That's just the way life is. I, I don't understand that at all. And uh, I, I, by the way, that, that, that this couple that I'm telling you about, she was great, but he was weird. She would have loved to have had kids, but he didn't want to because it would ruin the body. Well, he turned out to be gay. So I've, And I just wrote that down. If a guy says, I don't want to have biological kids with my wife because it'll ruin her body, that guy has a perverted spirit. I'm not saying it's guaranteed he's going to be gay, but there's something wrong there. There's something wrong with a guy that doesn't want to have biological children with his wife. Uh, girls, big red flag if you hear that. Uh, you, you, you might want to look for somebody else. That I can tell you, uh, believe me. But I, I, I think couples need to be having children. Because the world is uh, pretty much against having children right now. I mean, they've got abortions and dollar signs all in their eyes. That's really what a lot of this uh, political difference is about. It's about abortion. Right? That's what they want. Abortion. You know, girls want to be able to lay down with whatever man they want. As much as they want and as many men as they want. And, uh, you know, use the contraceptives and all that. But if they don't work, you know, just abort the baby. Because it's my body, my choice. I can have as much sex as I want. Uh, That is darkness. That is not what God created intimacy to be. But he gave it as a gift. It's the wedding gift to a husband and wife. It's their wedding night to come together and to consummate their marriage. And when the timing is right to have children together. And so I I love it when I hear uh, people say, I want to get married and have kids. (laughs) It's amazing. I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's what I wanted growing up. I love family. Family's everything. And, and the world is against it. So that's why you see this in the Christmas story. It's, it's not easy. It's complicated. Uh, there's sorrow that's associated with it. It's part of our curse. It's a difficult thing to do to bring children into this world. And you can do everything you can think of to prepare for it when it happens. I mean, saving the money, buying the diapers, getting the wipes, getting the baby room all together, doing this, doing that, planning to take off work, all of that. You can do all of those things and still not feel ready. You never feel ready. <laughs> I haven't felt ready all year. Matter of fact, I dealt with it. I've talked to you about it. Deep subconscious stress. I, I, I had it with my, my f- first two children and the third one. I don't really stress in my mind. I kind of stress in my spirit, uh, especially when I sleep, just stir and can't sleep. And, have strange dreams and stuff. It's just how I process it, I guess. Uh, but then you pray and and you have uh, you know your friends around you, and it's just great. It's just great. Uh, a matter of fact, you know, in the middle of October, my friend Nathan Santomary, and my my brother in law Dan Badger, my cousin Chris Blazik, some other guys, uh, we got together and uh, had a guys' night, you know, before the third baby comes. And you know who surprised me, Tyler Sullivan. <laughs> I hear somebody behind me imitating Bobby Wade, and I turn around thinking, "Is Bobby here?" And I turn around, and bam! It's Tyler Sullivan. He surprised me, and it's great. You know, things like that just kind of help you. You know, and then it was just, you know, fun. Uh, My wife and I just talking about this third baby. What's he going to look like? This and that and the other. And so, uh, I want to talk to you about having children, my experience with it. So, if you don't want to have kids, that and I don't know, it could be a psychological problem. You, maybe you didn't have good parents and you feel like you would be what your parents were to you. That's no guarantee. That's just um, a lie. Let me tell you, there's a lot of great books out there to help you become a dad. Great books out there to help you become a mother. You know, Look at a young couple that you, that you aspire to be like and watch them, how they take care of their kids, and maybe sit down and ask them questions. You know, I did that. I did that. There were two men in our church that I really admired uh, them being a father. I just really admired their fatherhood. And when I was thinking about uh, having children, I asked them questions. And they really helped me out. You know, and I mean, I got a great dad. I've got, I had a perfect example, but there's nothing wrong with going to other people that you see and trust at how they brought children into this world and just ask them questions, you know? Uh, pour your fears out there. This is what the Bible means with bear each other's burdens. Bear each other's burdens. And, and bringing children in, into this world is hard, and it's a burden uh, that you shouldn't have to carry alone. But through uh, just some wise counsel, you can find answers to the questions you have. And let me tell you, if your Holy Ghost-filled, God has put something inside of every man and every woman's spirit to do whatever you can to make sure that baby, your children, are the priority. And if you will keep those desires in the forefront, you're going to have a happy family. You really will. It's really there. God will help you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I pray a lot uh, when I go places, when I travel for couples that are are wanting to have a child. It seems to be like there's uh, a little more infertility uh, in the past 10 years than maybe uh, in previous years. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't really researched it. I don't know the stats or whatever, but I just, I, that's often. You know, I'm praying in the altar. I'll ask people, what, what, what would you like God to do in your life? And in almost every church I travel to, people I talk to, uh, they say we're having difficulty conceiving a child. And, of course, we pray, and I've, I've seen the Lord do amazing things. I, I, I tell you what, I was preaching, actually, in my wife's home church in Minnesota. And right in the middle of that message, prophecy moved upon me. And I pointed my finger. And let me tell you something about prophecy. Very rarely will I give a private prophecy uh, for everybody in the public to know about it. I just don't do that. Personal prophecies need to be personal. Private prophecies need to be private. Now, public prophecy, like for a whole church, man, keep that public, right? But I just pointed my finger, and I I knew the couple was. I could see it, but I didn't want to call them out or anything. Some guys do that. I don't. Uh, It draws too much attention to people. People typically don't like that, and and the altar call is usually a disaster because everybody feels left out. (laughs) I just pointed my finger, and I said, I said, there's a couple near where I'm pointing here. The Lord gave you a word about a year ago concerning the conception and birth of a baby. Let me tell you what, God has heard that, and a year from now you will embrace this child. And sure enough, I came back the next year. That husband and wife came up to me just sobbing and just held out their newborn baby and asked me to take up that baby in my arms and bless it. And they said, you, your prophetic word made us believe again. It was an impossible situation for us to get pregnant, but right then and there, you know, the Lord uh, heard the prayers, he fulfilled the prophetic word, and we're now parents. I mean, it's just beautiful. I see that. It doesn't always happen that way for everybody. Let me tell you this. When I pray for some couples, uh, I get the feeling like what happened in various places in the Bible, that the Lord has shut up the womb of the wife. You read that. There's several places like that. The Lord shut up the womb of the wife. You know, God works in mysterious ways, and that's a mystery sometimes why he does that. The best case scenario, he's doing
0: it because he's, he's, he wants you to conceive and have a child at the right timing. Timing is everything with God. I I think the old-time Pentecostals understood this
1: when they sang that. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he will be there right on time. And I never think God is late. I don't think God is lazy. I don't think he procrastinates, but he sets up miracles to happen at a certain time so that the timing of it, one could look at the situation and say, there's no way, this was a coincidence. This is the workings of God. There's no way something like this happens in this timing. It's all about his purpose. Worst case scenario, it could be because of sin. It could be because of sin. And, and the judgment of God has brought that upon you. And, and if that's the way it is uh, for you, chances are you probably know it. And you're just going to have to really inquire of the Lord concerning that. And uh, my computer's falling apart. (laughs) You're going to have to inquire of the Lord uh, about that and do some repenting, some fasting and break the barrier between you and the Lord and watch God perform a miracle. God is enthroned in his mercy. He's redemptive. He restores. But uh, sometimes he will not give you the desires of your heart uh, based upon your carnality. Uh, that's why the Lord favors and exalts the righteous. Let me tell you, it's real. fertility also could be happening to a couple because of some biological reason. Uh, the human body is, is, is made of clay. It's made of mud. And there's diseases, sicknesses, all kinds of things in the world. And biologically, it's not the judgment of God. It's just genetics or something. Sometimes biologically, that is the barrier to having children. And um, we look to God for healing in those instances. I just, I just know this. Children are conceived uh, when, when a man loves, loves his wife. That's all it is. Uh, quit trying to have a baby and just start loving your wife. That's how children are born. That's how it works. Uh, that's just what makes the, the, the spark. You know, look it up. Uh, 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 fr- fertility doctors have written about this. They've examined when... Uh, There's conception between the man's seed and and the wife's seed. There's a spark that happens there when life begins. It's like a little flash of light in there. So, yeah. Love your wife. That's that's how it works. And just watch God give you children. Uh, Thirdly, and I'll end with this. Now, this is kind of weird. And One of the reasons I made this podcast, it was so I could talk about weird thing, things that I would never talk about in the pulpit. I probably would never talk to people face-to-face about. And that is uh, certain medications that are out there. I believe in medicine. I've taken medicine. Medicine's been good for my family. But uh, years ago, I felt like I got a warning from God concerning birth control. Now, I am not uh, anti-contraceptives. I never have been. I think if you're a married couple, you know, anything goes, right? It's your marriage. It's your bodies. You belong to each other and belong to God. It's got nothing to do with me, so leave me out of it. But I just have a theory about birth control, and the Lord warned me in a dream. Warned me in a dream about it. And so that tells you how I feel personally about it, how we are. But uh, I think birth control can sometimes really mess with a woman's health. You think about what it does, and I don't want to get into all of that. This is just me, and and a dream I had. I I don't want to go into the details, but there's something about it that I think is causing miscarriages. Not for every woman, but some women. Medicine. uh, We have different reactions to medicine. I'm allergic to penicillin. I don't take it because it could kill me. Maybe some of you penicillin saved your life. Okay, everybody is different. Like the vaccine right now. Some of you that vaccine. Uh, if you took it, your kidneys would explode. Some of you, you, you took it and it saved your life. I mean, that's just how medicine works, okay? But it's something to think about and pray about. And I don't want you to be paranoid, but just think and ponder, research and pray. You may be in the same situation that we're, that we're in. Now, again, we never had any complications at all. At, at all. But it was just a warning from God years ago when I was young. And I just uh, was really iffy about it, what it did. And, I mean, some studies have shown it's not really that scientific, but there are some ideas out there from professionals that birth control is causing a lot of miscarriages. And not only that, but uh, the hormones that are in there, it introduces a lot of feminine hormones into a fetus. And one of the theories why there's such a spike in homosexuality in men is because of all the hormones uh, that are introduced into that fetus. Yeah, I, I don't want to argue with you. If you, if you. if you know me and you see me, uh, don't come up and fight to me about this. I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to keep on walking, okay? Uh, this, this is just me talking on the podcast, something to think about. I'm just trying to maybe answer a few questions and some problems with couples that are trying to have children. But uh, every baby's a prayer baby. I don't care how healthy or unhealthy you are. Every baby is a prayer baby. Uh, can, it takes a miracle for conception it takes a miracle to have a child it takes a miracle to even uh, raise up and train the child you need God no matter what no matter what so there's there's a lot of um, things out there ab- about this you know I, I wish every couple could get married and you know they said we want to have kids in two years and bam just kids you know sometimes it takes longer sometimes you you have them before you want them. Sometimes you don't have them when you want them. Sometimes you have too many of them. It feels like sometimes you don't have it. nothing. It's, it's really a personal thing, but, uh, a, a lot of couples now that are struggling, having children are doing the in vitro thing, right? In vitro. I, me personally, my conviction is there is no sin at all in in vitro at all. I, I, I believe in medicine. I believe in doctors. I'm not against doctors. You know, Jesus said, I'm the great physician. If, uh, if physicians were so bad, then why did Jesus call himself one, right? So I believe in those things. Um, I counseled a couple a long time ago. This, this man came up to me and said, there is uh, problems with my body, and we can't conceive because of me. But there is an opportunity for us to have in vitro and to use uh, another bu- another man a third party's uh, sperm is this sin you know he brought up abraham and hagar and all all of that stuff and I, <laughs> and i mean it, it was a curveball i wasn't ready for that but the lord you'll be surprised the, the lord will help you with a lot of wisdom and i said well i don't think this is adultery at all i don't and i don't think it's anywhere even close to the abraham and hagar thing I said, I'll tell you what you should do. You should probably keep this situation to yourself. Keep this situation to yourself. Pray about it. If you feel there's an open door and you feel peace about it, then go ahead and do it. You know, and they did and, and had a beautiful child. So there's all kinds of things out there like that that are going on. I, I, wish, I, I wish everybody could biologically just have kids, but there, there's so many things in the earth right now. And it just takes a miracle. Some people, it's just like, bam, the husband looks at the wife and she gets pregnant. Some, it takes a long time. Whatever your situation may be, you
0: look at Zacharias and Elizabeth had a child, awesome child. Look at Mary, that situation, Joseph,
1: even though Jesus had no DNA from his earthly father, only Mary. He had DNA of the heavenly father and and Mary. Their firstborn child. What a story! And then, after that, you read in places of the of the Bible,
0: Jesus had many brothers and sisters. God blessed uh, Joseph and Mary with many many children. After that, I'm telling you, God will answer your prayer if you pray for a child. And I feel the Holy Ghost. We had our firstborn child in. Uh, the summer of 2016, okay? And
1: I, I just know in talking about this, this is going to be a subject that's an ongoing conversation from me to you. I, I don't think I've really ever talked about kids on, on this podcast. I've talked a lot about dating, a lot about engagement, you know, healthy relationships. But not much about conception and having babies. But I really feel in 2022, we're going to talk about this subject a lot. And I want to leave you with this.
0: God hears the prayers of his people for children. He most certainly does. We had our first child in the summer of
1: 2016. And can I tell you honestly, I wanted our firstborn to be a boy. I mean, who doesn't, right? But in all reality, deep down within, you just want a healthy baby. That's truly what you want, a healthy child. And God gave us a healthy child. And I was so proud of that baby girl. And um, soon after we had our firstborn child, our daughter, we were on family vacation, all of us. And I had my daughter there. She was only three weeks old, cute as can be, so sweet. And I, and I would never have it anywhere different. Let me tell you what, Dads, a firstborn daughter is something special. Uh, it, it, it really is. And let me tell you, my firstborn daughter has been such a big help, actually, to Sister G. And I, with, the, with this uh, new little baby, she's taking ownership. She's <laughs> really enjoying being a big sister, right? But uh, when she was three weeks old, I had her in her car seat down on the floor next to me in the restaurant. And it was, you know, family vacation. All of us were around the table having a good time. And I was sitting right next to my dad. And on the other side of my dad was my, my younger brother. <laughs> my dad put his arm around the
0: two of us as two sons. And he said, thank you, God, for my two sons. And when dad said that, you know,
1: I'm on family vacation. It's, it's not really a time, you know, when you really have faith moving, right? You're in vacation mode. And I got to tell you, in that moment, in that
0: restaurant, faith moved upon me and desire for God to do something for me came into my spirit. I didn't open
1: my mouth. I didn't raise my hands. I didn't get out on my knees and pray there in the restaurant chair. But just while my dad's arm was around me, I prayed silently in my spirit,
0: God, I would like to have two sons like my father has. That's what I prayed. God, I'd like to have two sons like my father has. Well, February 2019, my firstborn son came into this world. Okay?
1: Earlier this year, my wife surprised me, told me that we were expecting our third baby. And when we broke the news to people, let me tell you this, some of the most spiritual people that I know in our church and other people said, oh, that's a girl, man. It's going to be, you're gonna, you're, you, it's a girl, boy, girl for you. It's going to be a girl, 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 girl. Everybody was saying girl. And I thought it was a girl. My wife thought it was a girl. And uh, we went to the doctor. They're doing the sonogram thing. And uh, I'm just waiting there and saying to myself in my mind, she's going to say, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. And to my shock and surprise, she said, oh, it's a
0: boy. I literally fell out of the chair. <laughs> that, that's how shocked I was. And, and when I
1: collected myself, I said, nurse, I know you're a professional, but I need you to check again and be a million percent sure that that's a boy. You know, she <laughs> she moves the sonogram around. She goes, "Uh, yeah, that's definitely a boy. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's a stem on that apple, you know. (laughs) I mean, I just sobbed. I prayed. I think I even was talking in tongues. (laughs) I couldn't
0: believe it. And so our our third-born child, a baby boy, has arrived, and God has given me two sons.
1: But this is where it gets deep. This is where it really gets, you know, where, where I really like it. God heard my prayer there in that moment on family vacation after we had our firstborn daughter. I just recently turned 39 on November 4th. My son, my third-born child, my second, my, my third child, but my second son was born the day right after me,
0: November 5th. What is interesting is my dad, his second-born son, my younger brother,
1: My dad was born March 17th. His birthday is March 17th. My younger brother, his birthday is March 18th.
0: My dad's second son is born the day after him. And me, as a sign that God heard my prayer, as a prophetic pattern, he gave me my second son with a birthday that's the day after me. No way that's a coincidence. No way that is an accident.
1: But that is a sign to me, and what I'm telling to you is God
0: will answer your prayer if you call out to him for a child, for children, for sons, for daughters. God wants to give apostolic couples children. While
1: well, the world says don't have children, it'll destroy your body, it'll, it'll ruin your career, it'll do this and that. You know what, if that's the way they are, if they want to not have children, or abort their children, whatever, let them have at it. Let us go forth and repopulate this world
0: and love our children and train our children and raise up strong apostolic families. Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I feel it right now.
1: There is a guy right now listening to this. You've been married a few years. You're wondering why haven't we had children yet. You're holding your phone in your hand right now. You've got the earphones in. I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that faith would move upon you as you listen to this. And may you pray silently within yourself, God, I want a child. And describe how you want that child to look.
0: Describe a little bit how you want that child to be. And may the Lord fulfill it. And may the Lord answer this prayer
1: directly and in detail. May signs and wonders follow the
0: birth of this child. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Mm. Jesus' name. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, if you, you want something from God, you need to scream it out
1: loud, holler it at the sky. Well, you know what? Sometimes for a child, that can be a little awkward in church. You know, you got somebody up front. God, open up my womb. Can okay, you imagine that, somebody, some guy up there? God! <laughs> Heal me down there. You know, that'd be a little awkward, right? With things that are personable like that, keep them personable. Whisper it to God. I mean, look at Hannah. God shut up her womb. You know, and Elkanah, her husband, barking loud, saying, Am I not better than, you, uh, than, uh, than uh, son? Is me your husband not better to you than the children. No, you're not, Elkanah. I'm sorry, husbands. I know your wife loves you, but there's something that a child has that you just don't. It's just the way it is. Hannah prayed silently within herself. You know why she did that? It wasn't a lack of faith. It was because you read in the law in Numbers chapter 30, there's the law that a husband had the right to void, to cancel out a vow of his wife if he didn't like it. She gets up there before the Lord vows something big. If the husband thinks she can't keep it or it's impossible, he could say, up, priest, scratch that off. God, uh. Don't take that seriously. He could do that, and God would, and the priest would honor it. I don't think Hannah wanted her husband hearing what she was praying because uh, she offered. She said, "God, if I, if uh, you give me a child, I'll give him to you." And probably Okana wouldn't have wanted that. That's why she prayed silently within herself. Children are a personable thing. Uh, can I say this? If you're if you're listening to this, and you're one of them people that like to go up to somebody and say, "Hey, when you having kids? How many you having?" Or, or, how many are you going to have? And are you going to have any more? How many? First of all, that is none of your business. People need to quit asking that, um, unless it's a, a relative or a close friend. But it's like strangers, you know, people that you're only acquainted with in church will come up to you and say, Oh, how many more are you having? <laughs> That's such a invasive personal question. Stop it. It's weird. Okay. All right. And another thing, it's cold and flu season. Uh, there's all kinds of COVID-19 variants out there. Stop touching other people's kids. Uh, I know the baby's cute, but keep your hands off babies. Have you ever heard of RSV? Okay. Stop touching other people's kids. Not only is it there's sickness out there, but you just have no business uh, touching a child. Okay, goes without being said, but I, I tell you what, there's a lot of doofuses out there in Pentecost i I just wish the Holy Ghost anytime somebody got it, it would just purge out all the idiocy, all of the dunceness, the doofusness, the 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 schmuckology out of their minds. but it doesn't that's why you got me hollering and screaming at a microphone to stop touching the
0: kids. You're gonna get them sick. okay. the rant is over. uh, stay tuned. Stay
1: tuned in the future. We're gonna come back and talk about this I'm gonna talk to you about uh, the the miraculous birth of my first and second child um, and even more details about the third one here Uh, my wife and I have a phenomenal story to tell God has been so good I love all of you Merry Christmas we'll talk to you again soon I'm Justin C. Gleason thank you